Blog Talk Radio. We What's going on? Good afternoon and welcome to another episode, another fine Saturday afternoon uh, with the collectives where young hosts come together each week to discuss topics in sports, music, television, and film. Uh, my name is Martin Sores. I have been with you as your humble host for um, close to around six months now. Um, feels like just last week when we started this collective thing, and um, we've done some pretty cool things. We've developed into uh, into um, our own brand. We've done some cool things, added some segments such as What We Hear, which has been the, the popular segment here on our show during our music portion. Um, and we've done, we've done some other cool things as well. I'm uh, joined by, um, it looks like, it looks like we have um on the line my at least one of my other co hosts. Um I think we've got Lawrence and or Jason Reels with us and uh we're waiting for Tommy Hill to call in, but I think we've got somebody here. Is that is that you, Lawrence or Jason? Somebody on here with me? It looks like somebody's on here. Um well we'll 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 get started. As I wait for my co-host to join me, um, right off the bat, we're going to make um, our official announcement that this is this will be our last show, um, not our last show overall, but our last show on this network 
and on Blog Talk Radio, um, we got notice from our network, the Keys 107, um, uh, and the, the network that gave that got the collective started. We got notice from them um, a couple weeks ago that the network is shutting down. Um, they have some some internal issues and some some things that they're working out to uh, to kind of break it down and build it back up. So they're going through a transition period. And as well the collective, um, in light of the news, which uh, which which we'll announce here in a second, we had to uh, we had to prepare for what our next move would be, and as as God would have it, um, we, God, we, we had we <laughs> we had a we had some we had a couple of other possibilities that opened up for us um, over the last month and over this time that we started this thing, and. Um, Again, as God would have it, we have a platform that we'll get started back on um, next week on, at the same time. Um, so as of right now, the collective is joining um, the TACD radio network, um, which stands for the American Complaint Department. Shout out to President Brad Merriman for, uh, for, for, for hearing us out and for hearing our pitch, and um, he's excited for our show. The network is based in California. So it'll be at ten o'clock west ten o'clock AM Western time for uh for, for our West Coast listeners. That goes for you, Dave. Um same time on the East Coast, one o'clock to three o'clock we'll be going on on the new network. Again, shout out to Brad Merriman and Dean Spencer um from the network who has been very helpful with us um making this transition. So uh the collective will be moving. This is the last time You'll hear us on Blog Talk Radio or the Keys 107 from here on out. Um, we will be on TACD Network, which is an upcoming individual, independent network, I should say, that um, that is growing rapidly and signing on a lot of new shows. And we're, we're definitely very excited uh, for that. And for that move, um, the collective ain't going to skip a beat. We, 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 uh, we're going to keep going with this thing. So, uh, so that's big news for us. Um, we've got a couple other cool news things, a couple other, um, you know, cool ventures that we've got going on as we'll, as we'll bring up throughout the show. Um, so now we should, we should get started. Let's begin. We've got a couple of um, pretty broad but very, very interesting um, and necessary topics to get through um, for the day. I want to start off with our basketball segment, and we'll talk football um, in, a, in, in, in a little bit. We'll have Tommy lead us in our football segment. We'll talk about that eruption of a Kendrick Lamar verse a little bit later. And, um, of course, I've got to talk about Breaking Bad, um, which I have just caught up on officially, and I'm good to go. So I, I look forward to talking about Walter White later on. Uh, but let's begin right off the top. We're still waiting for Tommy to join us. But uh Lawrence, I uh I I wanna kick off the basketball segment. I kinda just you know, to put it in in, you know, basketball terms, just kinda leave it out leave it all out on the floor, um, so to speak. So um kinda just our wrap up. We've talked a lot about different teams, we talked about the trades, the off season moves, um, the injuries, the coaching hires. Um, just about everything we've had to talk about on this show, we've gotten to, and um, looks like we've got Tommy with us now. Um, but let's just do our, our our wrap up for this upcoming NBA season. We talked about the schedule last week, which was released 
Opening night will be October 30th with Miami going against Chicago and uh, the Battle of L.A., Clippers-Lakers on opening night, October 30th. We've talked about all the headlines and all the big stuff that we have to look forward to. Um, we've got Tommy on now. So, Tommy, I'm, I'm going to you first. What's the what's the major thing we should be addressing? Um, and I, I think I know your answer because it really is the answer. We've got we've got a potential three peat upon us. Um, so, uh, Tommy, I'll, I'll kick it to you. I, I'm sure you've got I'm sure you've got something for us as regard to that three peat. We also have a caller on who I'm going to bring in bring on in about uh, ten minutes. We're going to go around real quick and and we'll bring on our first caller. Uh, so, Tommy, kick us off. What do you got for us? You know, as far as the NBA season, um, you know, I, I'm a I'm a big LeBron James fan. There's no secret to that. I'm the only one on the panel that picked Miami Heat to win. You know, the this recent NBA Finals, even though I believe a lot of that was out of spite from you guys. But um, <laughs> um, you know, it, it comes down to we're 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 witnessing history right now, and is LeBron James going to continue his legacy? You know, he he's had his struggles. He, he's come from Cleveland. He joined his, the super team, quote-unquote, in Miami. And, you know, he, he's making things happen right now. So I'm looking forward to is he going to continue his legacy because now we're talking about multiple rings. We're talking about is he going to move, is he going to take that next that next step to, to eclipse a Michael Jordan, or is that even possible? So, you know, um there's, there's a lot of things to be discussed when it comes to you know the greatness of a LeBron James, and I'm not I'm not shying away from that conversation because he, he's coming, guys, and you know I don't I don't really see anything anything formidable that's that's being put in front of him that's going to stop him or enable him from from compete for um, from you know continuing what he's doing right now. So it's, I just don't, I don't see anything in his way right now. And, you know, the questions and the conversation is going to be started whether we like it or not. I think you're right. And it's, like I said, we're definitely in, and I've been saying it since Miami, you know, won the finals and LeBron got his second ring. um, it, It became official that we're in the LeBron era. Um, you know whether whether you like him or not, whether you spite him or not, it, it, Tommy. That my Spurs pick was not out of spite. It may have been part of it, but that, that I, I made calculated basketball points, and I and I came I came a, a Ray Allen corner three pointer away from being right. So so uh, uh, you know the spite may have been part of it, but I wouldn't have picked. I didn't I didn't pick the Indiana Pacers out of spite. I know that much. Uh, with that dismal Eastern Conference last year. But anyway, anyway, uh, you're definitely right, Tommy, and we've talked about it, you know, just as recent as this morning. You know, we're we're in the LeBron era, and as it, as it stands going forward from this point, we're going to find out um, what his what his legacy is going to be, where, where he's going to cement himself, you know, if he's going to put himself into that. Um, you know that multiple championship category. So it's it, that that's obviously the overarching storyline for this NBA season. The three peat, the last team, uh, and like I said, we're leaving it all on the floor today, guys. This is this is our show finale, so I, I'm leaving it all out there. The last team mm-hmm. to to attempt a three peat was my Lakers. All right, and we failed. We we failed terribly. 
if you guys remember, it was the Dallas Mavericks who went on to beat the Miami Heat that year. We were going for our three-peat. Um, and, and if you guys remember, that was that was the series when it just got it just it just went south. Phil Jackson was pushing Pal the ball. Phil was was up and about, and it, it, it just it just went south. Um, I say that not to compare because I'm with Tommy. I, I don't see. I said it to Tommy this morning. As of right now, uh, unless unless and this is this is just based on you know on the surface. Unless Chicago, Brooklyn, Indiana. And looking to the West, I think the West is 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 completely arbitrary right now. I don't think there's anything concrete you can say about a team in the West. Like, okay, that you know, that's the team that's going to come out. I think the West is is even more wide open than it was last season. Um, so I I don't even know what to say about any team from the West right now. But in terms of the East, unless you know Chicago, Brooklyn, or Indiana has something to say about it, um, Miami's going to three peat. And and also I'm throwing in the same factor I had from the finals this year. If Dwayne Wade is Dwayne Wade, you know, if if, if he's at least Dwayne Wade for a little bit because he showed up, I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, it was game four when he really came out from the NBA, in the NBA finals. If he's able to still be Dwayne Wade, there's nothing that can stop this train from running. And there's nothing stopping them from going to a three-peat, at least in my opinion. Uh, Lawrence, Lawrence, what are your thoughts on on the upcoming NBA season, what do what do we have to look forward to? I think we have to look forward to <clears throat> some teams that are really going to, you know, start to start to make a name for themselves and start to start to be a lot more competitive than they have over the last year. We've already this off season talked about, you know, the Cavs and all of their additions between Anthony Bennett and you know Andrew Bynum, Kyrie Irving, who we know is coming on as as a solidified superstar. So I think those teams are the most exciting. I I've been high on the Pacers. I, I I've been talking about the Pacers and I've been talking about you know them getting Danny Granger back, having their go-to guy back with the late playoff run that they made, where they really gave Miami a real series. That I mean they have as solid a big man inside as possible, and Roy Hibbert and and what Paul George and George Hill and those guys do, David West. It's really exciting stuff, and um, I, I think an- another team that we've also talked about a lot in the off season that made a key addition is the Golden State Warriors with Andre Iguodala. I think I yeah. think these are those teams, yo. These teams with these younger guys, you know, teams that obviously have the talent to compete, but just maybe weren't all the way there these past playoffs or this past season. The addition that these on the cuffs teams made, and I mean, I guess it's a bit of a stretch to even call the Pacers an on the cuffs team because. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals. They were they were very much so in that series and and were playing to win, you know. So uh, it's hard to even call them an on the cusp team. But I still think they they were a little they they needed a little bit more, obviously. And I think Danny Granger provides that. I think that those are the teams that got what they needed, you know, to really be able to step up and 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 be more of and be more of a problem for the Miamis and for the and for the powerhouses throughout the uh throughout the season. So I I'm excited to see the younger guys, man. I think I think younger guys really make their mark. I am excited to see what Kevin Durant has in store also. I, I feel like he's he's coming to the point in his career where questions are gonna start coming up about uh, his greatness when he's when he's not winning, you know? I, he needs to win. KD needs to win and I feel like KD knows that he needs to win as much as anybody else. So to see him, Westbrook, and Ibaka back together, and you know, hopefully they can stay healthy and 
maybe add a piece or two, maybe have a few guys step up. We talked about Jeremy Lamb playing well. We talked about Reggie Williams, you know, taking on a little bit of a bigger role. Reggie Jackson, I'm sorry. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like I said, I'm I'm really looking forward to the younger guys. I think that there's there's a lot of talent, you know, if you look at guys that are between the ages of, around 21 to 24. There's a lot of talent there in the NBA right now. So I'm looking for those guys that really establish themselves and step up and, you know, take their teams further than what they have. Steph Curry is going to be exciting, like I said, with Andrea Guadalla and Harrison Barnes. I mean, there's teams that are going to be very, very exciting this year, so I'm, I'm happy to see them. Oh, can I say something yeah, you mentioned... What's up? Um... My whole thing is with LeBron James, and you guys know it's no secret how big of a fan of LeBron I am, but in order to beat LeBron, it takes somebody that really does not give a damn about the the awe of the LeBron James. It, it takes, mm-hmm. you know, I was I was very, very high on the New York Knicks this entire season because of the simple fact that Carmelo Anthony does not give a damn whenever he plays against LeBron James, and he has what it takes to take out a guy like LeBron James. And, you know, these younger guys, I really feel like they are, whether they're, whether they're afraid of him or whether they just respect him too much, I don't think these younger guys have that dog in them to, to really think that they can beat LeBron James. We saw the Indiana Pacers, a game away from going to the NBA Finals, completely chalk it in Game 7. Because I hear you. I hear you, but I do. I do think it's their youth that that's to blame for that. I, I feel like I mean LeBron has obviously been around for a lot longer, and and he is a dominant, dominant player. I mean he's 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 going to be talked about as one of the greats for a long time. So it's it's not going to be easy to beat them. But I I mean I do think I like what I saw against certain guys against LeBron. You know what what Paul George was able to do last year in that series. I mean I I feel like there's some guys that are going to, you know, they they played against LeBron. They, they've they seen what he can do. They've seen what the Heat can do. And I think there's a lot of guys that, I mean, it's obvious when, when you're back-to-back champions, the bullseye just increases on your back. It was already there last year, and it just gets bigger and bigger. So, I mean, I, I, I do think that guys are going to start to step up and want to take on that challenge. I I, I hear what you're saying totally. I, I think there certainly are maybe only a handful of guys in the league right now that really don't care about LeBron enough to, you know, really go out and compete. But those are, I mean, we can talk about the old heads like the KGs and the Paul Pierce's, guys that realistically don't like LeBron, like that, that don't want to be friends with LeBron. They just want to beat him. And I, I think some of these young guys will come into that. I, I think Kevin Durant has to start to develop that. I think yeah. he has to start to play like, you know, I don't care who I'm playing against. I'm scoring champion. I'm one of the best players in the league right now. I can score with any of my contemporaries. I need to be I need to be out for blood. So what I'm see cuz you brought up Kevin Durant, Lawrence, and then with Tommy's comment, it almost it made it almost sound like kind of almost like a subliminal shot taking at a KD almost. Like not to say that that was the case, but just the fact that Kevin Durant, you know, you say he needs to win now, and you know, I think of Carmelo Anthony right away because it's almost like he's trying to avoid the Carmelo Anthony syndrome where, yeah, you know, and Melo was the same way. Melo was, could score with anybody right off the bat from his rookie year, and, and that's been his mantra up until now. That's, that's his, you know, that, that's the staple of his career is that he is one of the best scorers we have in the league. I always say no one gets hotter quicker. 
But, again, Mello's at that point where it's like, all right, you know, are, are you going to – and Mello's, you know, he, Murder, Mello's further along than KD is. And I guess I hear you saying KD need, is looking to kind of avoid that, you know, uh, that because, you know, Mello's kind of in the same class as LeBron. And so Mello is going to end up being the – you know, the Carl Malones and Charles Barkley's who never won championships because there's that other guy that's dominating my era. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally see it. I, I, I totally see exactly what you're saying. And, and I mean, I think that I think that's extremely valid. Uh, Melo could end up being, a, you know, a Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, a guy that's, you know, obviously one of the better players of his time, but just – played in an unfortunate time where there was one other guy that just I was better than everybody else, just flat out better than everybody else. But I do think that there are some guys that can compete on a, on a higher level with, with LeBron in the heat. And I think that, you know, some of the acquisitions we've seen this off season, I mean, there's, there's no secret that he did the best team in the NBA teams are making moves to try to catch up with them, which I, which I like, because I mean, when teams are, attempting to become as competitive as possible with the highest level. Like they're not looking to just add role players when teams are going out, you know, moving big contracts in the town, whether it's, you know, Dwight Howard going to Houston and stuff like that. I, I think, I think those moves you can only blame on LeBron and say, you know, these teams have to build up for the heat. And I think that, I think that, I mean, I'm not by no means am I saying that you know there's going to be teams that are going to beat the Heat this year or or definitely beat the Heat. I think I do think that there are teams that are making strides toward beating the Heat and that are going to be a lot more competitive this year, this coming season than they were last year. But see, I oh, think yeah, I would the, I would agree. But being being more competitive, that doesn't stop them from winning championships, though, guys. I'm I'm just saying that you no, know, I'm looking for for somebody to, to put a roadblock in, in LeBron James' path. And I just don't see it because it's not – the competitiveness, yeah, that's going to come with it. But, you know, it, it, teams are building themselves the wrong way, I feel about it. I feel they're, they're, it's more guard-oriented guard moves that these teams are, are, are making. And they're straying away from, from the formula that can beat a team like Miami. I was talking to Martin about this earlier that – you know, teams teams aren't aren't building their teams from the you know from the big man perspective. You know, it, 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 they're straying away from the traditional you know big man, and and you have your guards, and you know you, you're you're moving your offense that way. But if you're building your team with just young guards, you're not going to beat a team like Miami. It's just not going to happen like that. Well, I would I would disagree, Tommy, from from two aspects, and that's in, well, actually three. See, three teams in the East that at this point I think are the only teams that could compete with Miami will be Chicago when Derrick Rose comes back, Indiana, and Brooklyn. And see, even with, to your point, I, I disagree because Indiana, first, Indiana already has the framework for what, for you know, they hurt Miami from the inside. That's the only reason they got the seven games because they had that advantage. They've even added to that. They went out and got Luis Sola, who's another veteran big that they can put in. Um, they're getting Danny Granger back, as, as as Lawrence referred to, and then you know even even with Brooklyn, I mean you know you've got your Reggie Evans. They obviously they go out and get Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Jason Terry, Andre Karolinko, and uh, I mean 
Tommy, I, I've, I've said too many times that the, the teams that beat Miami are the teams with point guard play, big men, and a good bench. And that was, and like I said before, those factors were the reasons why I picked the Spurs to win in seven because they had all of that. And you, and you need talent. And, and that's another thing. I, 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 when you say you don't think teams are doing I think what LeBron has forced teams to do, LeBron and Dwayne Wade kind of combined, is you, just, you need the talent. You need the individual talent. It, it's not as much of a team like the Memphis Grizzlies would have no chance against Miami and LeBron and Miami because they can't score. And I think the trend we're seeing with this, with you know, with Miami, with just in in all, and, and it's why again I gave the Spurs a fighting chance. I picked them to win the finals because I felt like they were the only team that Miami had seen in the postseason that could actually put up points with them. And it turned out to be true. You had these games against Indiana and Chicago that are in the in the seventies and eighties and whatnot. You can't beat Miami that way because when it comes down to it. They have better individual talent, and they're going to beat you every time in a close game or in a low-scoring game because they have better players. I think te- I think teams are, are are just looking to to just get a lot of good players, a lot of the Brooklyn Nets. Like, it, it, I don't think there's a question that we're going to see a way more competitive front for Miami than the next this season. I, I don't even think that's debatable, especially with the injuries with guys coming back and whatnot. So uh, I mean, we do have our caller who I said I was going to get to, and, and uh, I kind of dragged it out, but I'm going to bring him on live now. Um, I actually know who this is. This is my, my surrogate brother-in-law who, who's been waiting to get on our show, and, and on our show's finale now it seems pretty fitting. Um, but you're live now with us, Quad. What's up? Hey, I'm good. Thank you guys for allowing me to be on the show. Uh, in terms of in terms of the basketball season, there's, I think there's one aspect that, we're also missing it's, it's that each team, yes, has great individual players, but you also need a coaching staff to place you in position to for you to excel. And so everyone talked earlier about Eric Spolstra, how he was not an effective coach, but they got to they got to the finals the first year with great talent. Second year, he moved LeBron James, moved Dwayne Wade around in different different positions, different slots, and they wind up winning their championship this year. LeBron refines his game, goes to the post. Eric Spolster is able to pinpoint exactly where he needs to be, how to get him the ball, the different dynamics of what the defense is showing them, and so that he can he can excel on both offensively and defensively. The great thing about the Spurs is that they have a great coach and Greg Pops, who's been there, done it, and they love him. Same with Doc Rivers in Boston, same with Phil Jackson. So you have all these great coaches who've been able to massage the, the dynamics of, the, of their different players and put him in key positions to win. And so when you look at the greater LeBron James, he was he was great in Cleveland, but he's greater now because he has a structure that he can play with, a system that's, that's, that augments his capabilities on the court, and then a supporting cast and a bench and a coaching staff who, who are able to, to put him in place for him to excel and to win. It's like in everything. Now he has a taste of victory. He has a taste of victory along with his other, other teammates, and so the, the coaching staff just has to refine fine-tune a couple things, and they'll go on to winning a third championship. I think that's a great thing with them. The thing that, that hurt the Lakers a couple of years back when they went for the three-peat, Paul Gasol forgot his role. And so he wanted yeah. to be more. Um, he was going through a couple of things with, with Phil and Kobe, and Andrew Bynum wanted to come up and step up and be the man as well. Well, you, you, you could only do that for so long before the team breaks down. 
Um, the great yeah. thing about the Chicago Bulls early in, in, in both their three peaks, everybody knew that Mike was a man. Scotty was a sidekick. You either had Horace Grant or you had Dennis Rodman as as a post player and, and people. And then, then you had Tony Kukoc on the on the other wing too. People knew their role. So on the Miami Heat, everybody knows their role, knows what they're doing. Um, I think in Oklahoma City, you still have issues with who's going to be the man. Everybody thinks that like Kevin Durant is a man. Everybody and then Russell Westbrook thinks that he's a man himself. You know, and, yeah. and so you have those two dynamics fighting. Um, Dwayne Wade said it best this year. You know, he stepped back because he knew LeBron was the greatest player in the NBA. So when when you have that, when you when you don't have that animosity and when you have that relationship for people to excel and the coaching staff to put you in place, you're going to be dynamite regardless of who who you face and is in front of you. Indiana will have a challenge next year because they have Paul George and Danny Granger back. Danny Granger was the man before Paul George came through, and Paul George has asserted himself. Danny Granger has several knee, yeah. knee injuries, but he wants to come back and, and prove to everybody that he's still that guy. I don't think he can do that, you, you know, and so there's the animosity there as well. Uh, Miami, Miami knows, the, the whole NBA knows LeBron James is the man. There's going to be different ways to try to stop him, but you can't stop a 250-pound truck who can, who can <laughs> run as, as who can run as quick as or, or as fast as uh, as Westbrook, who who's agile as Derrick Rose, and who's strong as like a Karl Malone or, or any big man in today's game, you know. So th- these things are are applicable when you look at what Miami is chasing, where where LeBron James is, and where his mindset is as well. And so all these things play into Miami. Uh, I'm going with you, Tommy, getting getting to the championship game and winning again because you you can't escape victory. Yeah, well, well said, though. Well said, absolutely, and and definitely the point, um, definitely the point I take away is is what you say. You know, the the role factor, that's definitely a big thing. Um, you even mentioned the fact that Dwayne Wade was willing to to, to step back when LeBron came in, um, and like you said, it's applicable in other scenarios. Obviously, with with Westbrook and Durant, with Danny Granger coming back, um, I think that's important for for them to to really make that transition with him coming back because he was the man before Paul George, and now they're really riding Paul George, and, and Granger could kind of be put into that, that number two slot. Um, you know, their Absolutely. success might be predicated on how well he's able to, to fill that void and to adjust to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you look at, yeah, there's some up-and-coming exciting teams, but, you know, everybody knows the real the real uh, season begins, begins after game 82. You know, so yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think that for the exciting teams, you have you have the Warriors, you have uh, Curry out there, you have Iguodala, you have those players. Um, you, you know, but and then you look at New York. New York is going to be up and down during the regular season. You have Carmelo who's going to be shooting lights out, but they don't have they don't they've never tasted victory the way LeBron has tasted it. Yeah, and he's going to come back that much more refined, that much more better. You know, in the same way, every year Michael Jordan came back better, you know, to, yeah. to win. And and it's going to be a shame that, you know, people are playing during the LeBron era where they're not going to be able to win any championship. They're like, man, you know, I wish I grew up 10 years before. You know what I mean? And, and the same thing when people <laughs> yeah. played, against, played against Kobe and played against uh, Tim Duncan. They were like, man, you know, I wish I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't born during this era. And the same thing with Michael. Yeah. After Jordan didn't win, went to the championship, didn't win against Elijah Warren. Only win. Only reason they won Elijah won and the uh, Rockets is because Mike didn't play. 
Right. You know, so you take all all that into account, and you see just a different dynamic of of who who's the best player, who the best who the better players in the league. But at the end of the day, you, you have one team, one one ultimate star in the league, and the only thing that can stop him is itself an injury. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. Well, uh, yeah, Quab, we we definitely appreciate you coming on, and we appreciate your input. Not a problem. Appreciate you guys, and I'll, I'll be following you guys as you move on to the next station. Thanks, Thank you. Always. Thanks, Quab. All right, man. All right, brother. So, yeah, a um, lot to look forward to from this NBA season. Again, we've talked about it, uh, the the NBA and, and different moves and stuff many times um, over the past five or six months. Um, so a lot to look forward to. And, and college basketball as well. Um, you know, I, I wanted to get a chance to kind of do a, a little preview of what to look forward to, but uh, we'll have plenty plenty more to cover and talk about as we go into the fall and the, and the college hoop season. Um, we'll be on here breaking it down, talking college hoops and, and all the good stuff we like to talk about pertaining to basketball. Um, I want to kick it to Tommy um, for our for our football segment, our NFL segment. Um, we're Where's right in the then? middle of preseason. I was just about to say, I, I feel bad I haven't heard Jay yet. I, I don't I don't know what's up with it. Where where Jay where Jay at? I'm 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 out here, son. I'm just chilling. I'm listening to y'all Jay fools chilling. talk. Yeah, all Jay, Jay chilling, man. Jay gonna hit us off when it's time. We we, we know yeah, it's coming. Son, I'm just, I'm hit just us waiting. Off. I'm I'm on I'm on deck. I'm on deck. I'm just <laughs> waiting. Uh, so man, let's talk some football, guys. Uh, I'll kick it to Tommy to lead us off. I know um, we're, we're, he's going to give us a little roundup for the NFC NFC West division. Um, so let's kick it off, Tommy. Mm. Lead us, lead us for our NFL talk. You know, man, there's, there's there's two teams in this division. One team came one play away from winning the Super Bowl. The 49ers. We got the Seahawks and the 49ers at the top of this division. Um, you know this. I want to know first of all, what's your guys' opinion on this division? What do you guys think? This division, I believe, will be will be will be settled um, based upon which young quarterback develops the most. So if it's if it's Russell Wilson who takes a huge leap forward, then I think Seattle wins. If it's Kaepernick that that takes a huge leap forward. Then I think the Niners win. I think it's really they're that similar and that close in 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 talent and the way they play is the same. It's it's basically identical teams. Um, but and when you have that, I just believe that quarterback play just becomes that much more important. Um, and I and I and I really think it's going to be who really develops out of Russell West uh, out of Russell Wilson or or Colin Kaepernick. Um, and that I think will eventually decide this division um when it comes down to it. Well you have you have two very, very young, skillful teams in the Rams and the Cardinals that I feel a lot of people were sleeping on because these are two defenses first and foremost that were top ranked and they're well they're on the upper echelon of defenses defensive rankings in terms of the the overall NFL spectrum. And you got some <clears> young places with the Rams, Sam Bradford foremost former number one overall pick. You got a uh, second-year running back, Dow Richardson. You got Tavon Austin, explosive player coming in from West Virginia. You got some young wide receivers, Chris Givens, 
uh, Brandon Gibson, uh, tight end Jared Cook, who's, who's, you know, had some good connections with Sam Bradford in this preseason. Uh, you got the Cardinals. You got, you know, Tyron Matthew coming in from LSU, the Honey Badger, an explosive defensive player. You got, you know, um, Patrick Peterson still there, who's developing and becoming one of the, one of the, if not the best corner in the NFL already that no one really knows about. You know, you got Andre Roberts who came on. You got Carlson Palmer that that uh, recently acquired from the Cardinals. You know, his connection with Larry Fitzgerald. There's and a couple, these teams they they beat both the 49ers and the Seahawks. So I, I really I really feel that there's a lot more competition in this, this division that a lot of people don't give credit for. I, I agree, but Tommy, rank rank the quarterbacks in that division. Go one, go one through four, and rank the quarterbacks in that division. I I gotta start, you know, the, you gotta start with Colin Kaepernick, okay? Even though mm-hmm. he only played, he he didn't play a full season, but he led his team to a Super Bowl, so that's huge in itself. Mm-hmm. I, then I I would have to go with uh, you gotta go with Russell Wilson second. You know he's. Mm-hmm. He had he had a very 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 successful breakout season as a rookie. He's very mature as a rookie coming in, and um, you know there's only I believe there's only big things yet to come for for Russell Wilson. The three is a toss up for me because Sam Bradford he has the arm strength and the capability to be number echelon quarterback, but at the same time Carson Palmer Carson Palmer is a veteran. You know, he came from Oakland, which is a very, very, very salty situation and organization in itself. But, um, you know, it's a toss-up between three and four. You could, you could, you know, whatever Sunday, you could probably pick um, Sam Bradford or Carson Palmer. I, I believe it's a toss-up there. But the top two the top two are solidified. We all know who it is. Yeah. And and that – and, and... – that's what uh, uh, we're we're in a quarterback's era right now, man. Like if you look, if you look at how deep, I mean, and I'm thinking fantasy football, but like even still, like in reality, if you think about how many quality quarterbacks we have now, it's it's crazy. And the reason why is because you need a quarterback to win in this league right now. No game managers are gonna get you to where you want to be, and. I think that division is is clearly. I mean, look at the Patriots. Tom Brady has been the best quarterback in the in the AFC East for the past ten years, and that's why they have like seven or eight conference championships in the last couple in the last ten years. I mean, we we're, we're in a quarterback era. So, I, I I I like I hear what you're saying. The Rams are a very good football team, and 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 I agree with that. And I think Arizona. I like their young players on defense, and I love that Larry Fitzgerald finally has someone, someone to throw him the, <laughs> ball. Throw the ball. Just somebody, just somebody, just just a a person of any type of quality to throw him the ball. Um, and and they re, and they sign Richard Mendenhall, who's a who's a a good runner. You know, he's getting up there in age, but he's still he's a veteran as well. Um, and and the Rams battled with the Niners last year. They battled with the Seahawks last year. So like. I hear you, but but it, it just the reality of that division, I just feel like it's going to come down to which young quarterback is really ready to take that next step. I think Percy Harvin tipped the scale um, when it came to these two teams. When Seattle got Percy Harvin, I, I was thinking to myself, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the piece that Seattle was missing that may be able to get them over the hump. 
And and it just it's unfortunate that we're not going to see either of these teams at full strength because Percy Harvin's out, Michael Crabtree yeah. is out. Um, so we got we neither of these teams are are, are are at full strength offensively to see them really go at it would be terrific. I think Seattle going up to Seattle is is tough for anyone anyone and the Niners know that. I think if Seattle takes care of business at home, I think they have a chance to win that division. I just I I, I just I think it's their year. Um, to win the division, even though uh, you know Kaepernick and 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 San Francisco is you know an elite elite team, I think I think the Seahawks that defense I think has more talent on it than than the Forty ers defense. I'm, that's just my opinion, and I think Russell Wilson Russell Wilson is ready to take that next step. So if Marshawn Lynch is healthy, um, I think Seattle. I, I think it, they're primed for it to be the, their year this year in that division. Um, not to say that the Niners aren't going to make the playoffs. Um, I think whatever team comes in second place in that division is most likely to get one of the wild card spots. Um, I just like I like Seattle this year for for their for their pieces. I also I also don't want to forget to mention the coaching from Jim Fisher with the Rams and Bruce Arians from my favorite team, the Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts, who did a phenomenal job at the taking over for um, for. Um, the uh, I slipped in my mind, but the coach who had who had cancer or went through all the, you know, all that. Bruce Arians did a phenomenal job in Indianapolis, and he's the coach for the Cardinals now. So, they're two very well led teams, the Rams and the Cardinals. Just wanted to add yeah. that in. I agree. I agree. Chuck Pagano, Chuck Pagano from the Colts. Quick question: I do, I, I did want to kind of throw out there. Um, when it comes to obviously the, you know the Niners came out um, uh, of the division and obviously advanced to the Super Bowl um, and and you know from the scope of it you know from the four four teams it's you know obviously you know top heavy with with San Fran and Seattle but uh, you know it's a question for you know any of you guys whatever you guys think and this is literally coming from you know an outsider looking in just looking for for uh, for insight but it, do you think it, it, is is it fair to say at some level that because you know probably the the 49ers assuming they're you know they're the 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 favorites the carry the carryover favorites for the NFC but would it be fair to say that the winner of of this division which is likely between San Francisco and Seattle is likely to represent the NFC next next season in the Super Bowl um I, part of me go ahead, go part ahead. of me oh, my fault Tommy um part okay, of me part of me believes that 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 is a great possibility. Um, but I'm a New York Giants fan, man. You can't be telling me You're about right. people going to the <laughs> NFC championship game. I, know, and yeah, Super yeah. Bowl. I can't, I can't say it. I can't say it. I can't see. That's where that's the see. That's a, I told y'all this football stuff is real with me now. Um, so, so I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't say it. I can't say it. Um, but yes, yes, prob probably. I think those <laughs> with, with with the Packers, with the Packers, with a healthy season, with the Giants. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, with the Giants, hopefully having another healthy year and our pass rush waking up. Um, I, I think there's two, there's certainly even the Saints. The Saints again with Sean Payton. The NFC is is still loaded, but those teams that AFC West division. They're going to be battle tested, and they're going to be ready to win playoff games. Uh, we saw that with 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 
the nice run Seattle had and obviously what the Niners did last year. Um, the only thing I hope it doesn't happen is that they beat each other up to the point where they don't have home field advantage. Because I think if you have to, if you're the Giants or the Packers or the Saints and you have to go to Seattle and play a second round playoff game, you're going to be in trouble. So it's all going to shake out to home field. um, I think when it comes playoff time, but, but it's certainly fair to say that the Niners and the, and the Seahawks are, are amongst the favorites in the NFC. And, and one of those two could easily, not easily, but you know what I mean? Like very, very likely take that division, um, the whole NFC. So it'll be interesting, man. I would have, say have that the Seahawks the, um, become. Sorry, Tommy. Go ahead. Yeah, but I would just say that the the difference between this division, the NFC West, and other you know divisions in the NFC is the fact that these defenses coming from the NFC West are are very very potent defenses. They're they're in tune with each other. They you know they 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 mesh well together. They have the right pieces in place, and that's what puts this division above other divisions as far as defensive, um, you know, perspective. You got the loss of Deshaun Golston for the 49ers free safety, which is, I think it's a huge blow for them. They, they in place, uh, Namdi Asungwa at cornerback, who has been a question mark in Philadelphia. But, you know, other, you know, you got the Eagles and, and the Giants. The, the, the question marks for them is, is, well, first, offensive line issues. But defensively, the NFC West has taken the cream of the crop when it comes to to the defense in in, in the NFC. All right, I I like the NFC West uh, a lot, Tommy. I didn't get I didn't get a chance to weigh in in generalities, but um I I do think that the Seahawks are are in a pretty good position. Uh, Jay Jay was talking about Percy Harvin, and it, it would be really nice if they had him. I think with him. They're an entirely different football team. They they have a young guy in Golden Tate who has a Percy Harvin-like game realistically. He's a guy that moves well in between the tackles. You know, he's a guy that is going to get you a good amount of yards after the catch. He's, he's one of those guys that can line, he can line up in the split back, you know, and, and take some carries. He's a guy that can do a, do a lot of different things, similar to like a, a Randall Cobb in Green Bay. So I, mm-hmm. I definitely like Golden Tate. I'm, I'm looking for him to develop and come on. I think with – with Sidney Rice's health being kind of in question, I mean, he had a he had a pretty good bounce back year last year after the really bad injury he had two years ago, and he realistically hasn't been the same for like the last three or four years. But um, I, I think with Golden Tate and and they also got the kid Baldwin, they they have a pretty good shot. I think I think what definitely gives them the edge because I I mean I think Seattle's defense is as good. As the 49ers defense, I mean, especially when you talk about that secondary, you talk about those two big corners that they have. Richard Sherman is realistically one of the best doing it right now, and this is only going to be his third year. So, I mean, that's something scary. And, and Seattle's defense is, is a team that's not going to allow you to put up a whole lot of points. They're, they were like – they finished the year, I believe, first overall in the league in the takeaways. They they were they had a they had a very solid season and like Jay said that's a hard place to win at home. I think the X factor for Seattle is that they realistically have the best running back in the NFC West in Marshawn Lynch. I think that I think that um, Frank Gordon certainly has had good years. 
Frank Gore has certainly had good years, and he's he's kind of found a way to stick around. But he he's on his way out. I, I think that I mean his numbers have been dropping over the last few years, and you know he's still a guy that you can you can rely on, and you can and you can still have some use for Frank Gore. But I think his stock has definitely gone down a bit, and I and I think that Marshawn Lynch is just an absolute animal, man. He's they call him the beast for a reason. He beast mode. He just he just eats, man. He just eats. So I, I I think that he's their X factor, and he gets them he gets them places that that Frank Gore may not be able to get the Forty ers And I think the Forty ers have to rely on Kaepernick a little bit more to than than the Seahawks are going to need Russell Wilson. You know, when you have that when you have that stud running back, that guy that you can give the football first, second, third down, and you know be confident that he's going to get you guys a new set of downs. It takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback. And with Frank Gore's health being in the question and everything like that, I just think that, you know, San Francisco is is in a little bit worse of shape. They, I mean, they definitely do have some young guys at back that are going to see more time. I think Michael James is going to get more time. I think we're going to yeah. see Kendall Hunter with the ball a little bit more. I think they'll split carries between the three of them a lot more than they did in the past. But I, I do just think Marshawn Lynch is that much better than any any running option that the 49ers have, so that gives them a little bit of an edge for me. I am I, I do like Kaepernick this year though, man. I think Kaepernick can do some good things. Obviously, there's game tape out on him. These guys know how he plays. They're going to do adjustments. They're going to make sure you know they try to keep him in the pocket as best as possible. But he's a, he's a Cam Newton type build. He's big, strong, and fast, which means. You know, he can hit the outside and take those hits that the RG3s and the Mike Vicks can't because they're smaller guys. He can he can take those hits, you know, keep trucking, and he's got a set of wheels on him. So we, we know he's – I think he's definitely a lot more mobile than Russell Wilson is. Russell Wilson can move very, very, very well, but Colin Kaepernick is legitimately fast. And um, – so he he has to get his he has to get his passing game together. I think them them getting Anquan Bolden now is big for them. Them you know Vernon Davis is going to have to step up. Realistically, Kaepernick lost his top two targets with Michael Crabtree going down early, and them losing Delaney Walker. Those were those were Kaepernick's main guys. So he's going to have to get comfortable with Vernon Davis. I mean Vernon Davis is an elite tight end. He's a guy that you know should be getting a a fair amount of targets a game. I would say double-digit targets a game. He's that good. So we'll see how the adjustments happen. I do like I like I like John Harbaugh a lot. I think that he's done some great things in in San Francisco, and you know I don't I don't see them necessarily having a terrible year or not not competing. But I do like Seattle out of the NFC West. Kaepernick is tatted up. Also, you got to mention that. Tat tat tatted up. <laughs> Um, that's good stuff. If you guys don't have anything else, um, lay down any final thoughts before we go to commercial. I would say oh, that heard... Kaepernick is, is ready for is ready for a breakout year, man. He he's he's out to prove something. You know, I saw a, a special with, a sit down with him that he's he's okay with being different from other quarterbacks. He he's he's okay with breaking the mold of the traditional quarterback. I think. I think Kaepernick has something in store for us that 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 we're really not expecting. Yeah, I hope to see exciting things from Kaepernick. I, I certainly do. I think that 
he he's one of the more exciting players in the league. A guy with a, with a motor like that that can that can actually throw the football is always exciting and and is cool to see. Um, last thought on, on football while we're here, I did hear some NFC East talk and. Um, my Dallas Cowboys this year are are going to be looking to make a pretty deep playoff run. So I just want I just need everyone to be aware of it. Once Dez once Dez gets going, there's no stopping him. Him and Tony are going to be a beast. I need Demarco to stay healthy all year. So yeah, I mean I think he I think he could be a stud back. I think he's I think he's very good. And watch out for my Dallas Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? America's football team, the real blue, the real blue. Oh, that shot directly at Jay, uh, who right. reiterated earlier that he's a big Giants fan. Uh, right. We've got a lot you know, of things, so my good, good, is, good my healthy sports is, rivalries in our group. What, my question is, when was the last time the Cowboys won a chip? Oh, all right. Exactly. Oh, 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 all right. Oh, okay. Wait, how many how many playoff wins does Tony Romo have? Tony Romo, Tony Romo ladies and gentlemen. Is one for six in games, either playoffs or or that could get them in the playoffs. He's no he's no quarterback. He's no quarterback. Wow. He doesn't do anything in the clutch. Wait. He doesn't know what clutch is. Oh, the only clutch he knows is the coach clutch that he wears to the football game. <laughs> watch, watch, I, I watch, watch, watch Tony do work. Watch Tony turn up. This is Tony's turn up year. He got his money. He got paid. every every year is Tony's turn up year. I've heard exactly, that. Exactly. I've heard Tony turn up for the last four years. I've heard yo Tony about to turn up. Turn you finna turn up. Yeah, all right. Bold prediction: Tony Romo finishes top three in quarterback ranking. <laughs> yo, they must have the they must have that loud in Dallas, and they just be sending it to their fans because they because this man is drawling. Right now, thinking that Tony Romo is going to do anything in the NFC East. He's the worst quarterback in the NFC East. He's easily the worst <laughs> in I mean, you can make an argument for that, though. Really? really? Yeah, you can <laughs> certainly make an argument. No, you RG3, Eli Manning, both better than Tony Jomo. Yo, he's a joke, son. And Vic. And I'll take Vic over Romo. And uh, give me Vic. And uh, Foles. Give me Vic, Foles. Give me, give me, give me RG three and and uh, and his backup. What's the Give me Kirk Cousins and uh, give me Eli. And, I, and we have five quarterbacks all better than Tony Romo in the same division. Give me oh, Matt Barkley. Give me Matt Barkley. <laughs> Yo, so, yeah, we'll I, be, every time we'll I think of Tony Romo. I'm sorry. Every time I think of Tony Romo, I just think about that game against the Bears last year on Monday Night Football, where he just he oh just oh my god that bread up. He was just like, oh Chicago, yeah, I know y'all are good defense, so I'm not gonna even mess around here. Y'all take this, take that, take that, take this, take that. He was on his Mark Sanchez, and that's why Tony Romo is not is not gonna gonna win the Cowboys a championship because sometimes he can be Peyton, and then other times he can be Mark Sanchez. <laughs> he's a step away. He's a step above the butt fumble. He won't butt fumble, but he'll get close. He'll get close. <laughs> yeah, I had I had the Chicago Bears defense in fantasy last year, so that was actually that it was bittersweet. I'm an undercover cowboy fan, so you that was a, that was an interesting. Come up. You made yeah, a come up. Yeah, that was a come up. Was Tony a nice would turn down. Up. Yeah, you would have thought you had a yeah. running back in your defensive position after that. <laughs> 
over. So, yeah, speaking of which, we, we'll, we'll be continuing our football discussions on our show. Like we said earlier, we are moving networks, but uh, we'll be here on the same time. Uh, we'll keep our football discussion going. And, and as fantasy football, yeah, I said it, fantasy football. Y'all. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. As yes, that, Father. As that gets cracking, we'll, we'll have our segments on here talking about our fantasy football woes week to week. Yes. You know what I'm yes. saying? We'll we'll have our discussion going on here. It's going to get hot. It's going to get hot. Hot. Woo. All right, man, we're going to commercial. We're going to talk some music when we get back. Oh, holla at your God. Trap God. Shut show where we come together and share what we've been listening to, what we've been hearing throughout the week. Um, as always, we want to open up to any uh, listeners that we have on the line. Our number is 213-943-3618. Please don't be shy. Call in and let us know what you're listening to. We definitely want to know. Um, quick shout-out to Charlie Beats, Late Night, whatever the heck his tag is these days. Uh, that The beat that you just heard during our commercial was by our friend, uh, Chris Shaw, um, and that was that was his beat called "Miss You." Gave it the little feature on the commercial break. Uh, hope you like that. Um, so yeah, it's time for what we hear. What are we listening to, Tommy? I'm kicking it to you first, brother. 
kick us off. Bless us with your weekly playlist. What y'all know about electronic dance hall music, man? <laughs> what y'all know about electronic dance hall? I got one group for y'all, and it's called Major Laser. It's a group right. created by <laughs> Diplo and Switch, who is a British songwriter. You know, they, right. they have production they have production from Afrojack. You know, we got production from Crookers. You know, I'm getting up on my on my on my lingo here on the on this music talk. <laughs> but um, you know, they got guest vocals from Nina Sky, Mr. Vegas, T O K, you know. And I'm gonna just I'm gonna just give y'all two songs to look up. One song called Bubble Butt and Watch right. Out for This. Watch out for this. Watch out for this. Watch out for this. Watch out for this. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm gonna just keep I'm gonna just say look those two songs up. That's what I've been listening to. That's what I've been bouncing around to. You know, I, I had my father <laughs> get on me because um I my I had the privilege for to have my parents listening to the show last week and he didn't like the the terms bouncing around, but it, it pops if you're listening. These are just songs you just bounce around to, man. You give a little two-step, you know, you get that, you feel the rhythm, you feel the rhyme, and, you know, you just bounce around to songs like this. That's all I got for y'all this week, man. Man, that, that's that's how you kick off what we hear right there. That, that That's how you do it. That's how you get us popping, just bouncing around out here, you know. <laughs> Uh, I feel the need to turn up, so I'm going to Jay next. Jay, I, I get the feeling you got some turn up for us. What, what you been hearing, turn brother? Turn up. I ain't got no turn up this week, son. I ain't got no turn up this week, son. It's about hip-hop this week for the kid. So Okay. Um, I'm sure we're going to talk about, you know, what Kendrick did to the world this week. Um, but... I know people forget about this, but my but one of my very very favorite rappers um, over the last few years has been Jay Electronica, who was also featured on that Big Sean uh, Kendrick track, um, and uh, he put out a song in 2009 called Exhibit C, and Exhibit C, in my opinion, is one of a handful of songs that have that has come out in the last three to four years that you could have probably played in the nineties and, and and people would have respected it. That's how, that's, that's, that's how much this song just exudes hip hop. The beat, it was done by just blaze Patterson native stand up. Um, and, and, you know, he, he smooth sample on it. And, uh, J electronica tells us his story um, and on this record, and and it's just, it's it's hip hop, man. It's hip hop. That's the only only really way I can I can describe it to y'all. Um, he he smashes it from from beginning to end, and and it's 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 an ode to the art form. That's how deep this this song hits for me. It's 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 everything that hip hop should be, um, but with a with a with a modern twist to it so it's just it's one of the best hip-hop songs of the last five years hands down um yeah and uh he yeah. just he just crushes it he just crushes it so um i was i got back into that joint i listened to it a bunch this week um and then i also listened to the homie danny brown 
um, Sir Ratchet himself. Uh, I, I listened to his Triple uh, X mixtape that was just highly, highly acclaimed. I mean, a lot of a lot of very, very uh, prestigious, I should say, uh, sources. Uh, you know, your pitchforks. Um, a lot of people. The year that this mixtape came out, I believe, in 2011. Um, had this as their number one mixtape of the year um, uh, for good reason. Um, but there's a song on there called Pac Blood, um, Pac referring to Tupac. And uh, it's just another it's just another very, very good hip-hop track where if you enjoy lyrics, if you enjoy people that can actually rap, um, you will enjoy this song. Um, yeah, the, the whole hook is rhyme so real, thought I wrote it in Pac's blood. It's just, he just, he snaps, he snaps, he absolutely snaps. And, and there's levels to Danny Brown. You have like the really loud, like high pitch ratchet Danny Brown, where he's just, he's just talking very, very dirty, the whole record. And then you have like a lower level where it's him just rapping and he's a lot more calm and he's actually like, like really, really spitting. And, uh, he just, he just murders this track and, and I, and I've, I've been running through it a lot this week um, just because when I first heard the mixtape, I heard it and I was just like, okay, but I've really just been digging into the song and the lyrics itself. And it's, and it's tremendous. Um, so yeah, that, I, I know no turn up this week. I, I've just been listening to just listening to rappers who can actually rap and, uh, and uh, just in, in, enjoying the art form and, and, and it's pure of a form that we can get it in at this point. Uh, in hip hop, so Danny Brown, Pox Blood, and uh, J Electronica Exhibit C, um, just two very, very good hip hop records. So that's what I was listening to this week. Nice, yeah. Jay put me onto that pot, that that Danny Brown Pox Blood the other day, and that uh, I've gone back to it since a couple times because I told you that Triple X mixtape will come on every once in a while, and I'll have to go to it and be like, wait, what is this? Like, why why am I not listening to this more? <laughs> Uh, definitely one of definitely, if not his best project. Um, definitely a good source if you're looking for some good Danny Brown. Um, that's good stuff there, keeping it hip hop. Um, that's pretty fitting with the kind of week we had, uh, which, like you said, we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it next. Um, uh, what I've been hearing, um, I, in fact, I'm, I'm gonna turn up. <laughs> Shit. I mean, they're not going to turn up. I'm going to turn up. <laughs> the, the homie Gucci Mane, the hardest working trap rapper in the game, dropped three mixtapes in one day. <laughs> three mixtapes in one day. One is called Gas, the other is called Lean, and the other is called Molly. <laughs> yeah, Gucci first. <laughs> so, you know, I I don't I don't necessarily condone this kind of music. You know, I don't I don't promote it. I don't put people onto it. But this is what we hear, and, and we got to share what we've been listening to, and, and this is some stuff I listen to because I'd be turned up. So the, the the song I mentioned is called Trap God, Trap God, Trap God, Trap God. It's on the gas mixtape. It's that turn up. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't nothing crazy. It's not even anything necessarily good. But, it's, but if you know anything about Gucci and that turn up, then – First of all, you need all three mixtapes because it's just a straight turn up. But you know what I'm saying? You go to the gas mixtape, you put on that trap god, trap god, and it's, <laughs> you just you just feel that trap just soothing within your bones. And I and then I love it. I I live for that when I need to get turned up. So you know what I'm saying, Gucci Burr. Um, 
The other one comes from Earl Sweatshirt. His uh his Doris album, Earl's Doris album leaked the other day and, and uh I've been running through it a few times. I've got a chance to listen to it. Um I think it's pretty tough overall. Um I, I really I like Odd Future's production as a whole, but I, I like Earl's sound individually also. I think he has some really cool sounds on there. Um the song I've gone back to um features the homie Vince Staples, who's a kid that kind of Runs with Odd Future. I've been high on him this year. I, I really enjoyed his mixtape um, earlier this summer. Um, but the song is called Centurion. Um, it's really it, it starts out with Staples rapping, and it has it has a, a, a cool feel to it. But the the highlight is when Earl first starts. There's a transition, and, and the beat changes up, and it literally gets scary. Like you know, we we say music is like dark and haunting sometimes, but this sound is actually like scary. It has kind of like a staccato violin rhythm going in the background and it kind of just sets this very frightening template and Earl man Earl Sweatshirt I mean we've talked about him on this show just as recently as, as I think a few weeks ago um he, he he just he is just one of the the more gifted young MCs I think we have out here man um and this verse he puts on Centurion it's completely uh it's completely indicative of that he his wordplay is like tangled at point and it and it re- and it connects and he does all these run-ons and stuff and you really have to kind of piece it together. But if you you know if you sit down and really put together an Earl sweatshirt verse, you will be nothing short of amazed. Um, and and that that definitely comes out on this Centurion song. So that from Doris album. And then lastly, um, I actually heard of this group, uh, this music group from uh, watching Teen Wolf. And yeah, I'm on the record saying I watch Teen Wolf on MTV. Turn up. Um, but I heard the, I, <laughs> I heard this song during the, the episode I was watching last week And the group is called Snow Ghosts um, It's actually a boy and a girl The guy is named Ross Tones He's a bass musician out of Bristol He goes by the alias Throwing Snow And the vocalist is a girl by the name of Augustus Ghost um, And that's her alias Her real name is Hannah Cartwright um, The song from their project The project is called A Small Murmuration um, the song I'll mention is And the World Was Gone. It's really just that kind of music I really enjoy listening to kind of in pastime. Um, they've got that really trip-hop alternative kind of feel to them. It's, it's almost like a Florence and the Machine type, which I feel like I always use as a reference point because I, I guess that's just their kind of uh, the benchmark for that kind of music for me. But um, but they're very cool. They're They're very different. It's got that kind of shadowy feel to it. Um, the vocalist Hannah Cartwright, as I mentioned, she is she's just very good. She adds a really, um, really deep element to it to the production. Um, the, the the guy Ross Tone, uh, throwing snow. He's the producer for them, and he makes all the production moves. And and it's it's really out there. It's it's a ten song EP. Um, a small murmuration. It's really cool. I actually posted it on our music blog this week. What we hear at blogspot dot com. Um, but the song and the world was gone is the one I wanted to point out. So, uh, you know, that'll be up as well as all the other songs we've mentioned on our show blog, the collective radio.blogspot.com. So snow ghosts, Gucci and Earl for me this week, gentlemen, uh, Lawrence, why don't you round this out? Tap us off, man. Tell us what you're hearing, big homie. (laughs) Turn up. You know what I'm saying? Um, all right. So, I, I also have been listening. I, I wanted to mention the the Earl album 
we talked about it throughout the show. If you're a recurring listener, you know that we've been, you know, looking forward to this Earl album for a while, and and it's proven to be pretty good so far. I've only given it about two or three run throughs, so I, I need I need further time to digest. But so far, I like. Um, but I won't spend too much time on that. Martin talked about that. Um, so with the whole control track dropping this week, and we're gonna get to some more Kendrick. I decided to go back and try to figure out where that weighs in with some of Kendrick's like best stuff. And I've I, I come to the conclusion, I guess, that you know three of uh, Kendrick's best songs he all named the same thing, and they're called the Heart. He has three songs: the Heart Part One, which was on the Kendrick Lamar EP. The Heart Part 2, which was on Overly Dedicated, and the Heart Part 3, which came out right before Good Kid Mad City officially dropped, actually right after it leaked. But um, this is where he really does his eating. Like, this is where, you know, Kendrick Lamar bears it all, and you, like, really, you not only get to know him and get to know what he's about, but he is eating on all three of these, on all three of these. They're, all three of them are pretty different because they're, like, different points in his career. I mean, if you listen to the heart part two, it sounds more like the stuff like leading to, up to section 80, you know. If you listen to heart part three, it sounds more like Kendrick on Good Kid, Mad City, and heart part one is early Kendrick. It's, it's, it's different sounding Kendricks, but all eating nonetheless. If you haven't heard all three of those tracks, please listen to them. Please listen to them, because then I feel like people like, People realistically got on this Kendrick train kind of late. I know I even got on the Kendrick train kind of late, but I feel like since people got on the train kind of late, they kind of hate on him. And if they're not huge fans of Good Kid, Mad City, they don't think that he's that good of a rapper. But if you listen to these three tracks, you'll see why. You know, he's been buzzing for some time, and he's been he's been wo- like well on his way up to where he is right now. So check out Heart Part One, Two, and Three. Um, Another uh, uh, album I wanted to talk about, it's actually an older album. I was introduced to it by my roommate, uh, shout out the homie Clear Nate, um, a few years ago. He told me that I would maybe be into this folk artist, and I'm like, nah, not really. But I listened to it, and it's one of the more nostalgic albums that I that I still listen to. It brings me back to like when I first started listening to it, and you know, like still being in school and stuff. But it's a guy called the tallest man on earth. He actually is is one guy, and he's pretty short from what I've from what I've heard. He's actually only like five three, but he's, he calls himself the tallest man on earth, and it is really different. It's really folky. It's like. Appalachian Mountain music, like it's 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 so weird, but it's so cool. I think I think his style of guitar and and his voice is just really unique and really cool, and he writes cool songs. The album I'm talking about specifically is called Shallow Grave. That that was the one that really got me hooked on him. A few highlights off of that. I really like uh, Where Did My Blue Birds Fly. Um, I also really like the title track of uh, Shallow Graves, and then. I guess one of his bigger songs off of the album was a song called The Gardener where he tells a pretty cool story about pretty much killing his his girlfriend's other lover and burying him in a garden but it's real subtle it's it sounds crazy but it's very very cool so it, check out Tallest Man on Earth I promise you won't be disappointed he's he's a good listen he's a guy worth having on your on your iTunes for you know the occasional listen um yeah, so that's that's pretty much what I'm going to stick with for this week. You know, man, I was all over the place. Kendrick had me all over the place. Earl was a cool listen, but um, 
Yeah, I, I, I try to I try to diversify my stocks and bonds as much as possible. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Pop. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, officially our final What We Hear segment on Blog Talk Radio and on the Keys 107. Um, Boom. Uh, a good one, as always. Plenty of plenty of material there for, for listeners to to enjoy um, from all genres and all styles. Uh, we, we've all made subtle uh, mentioning of, of the, the eruption that occurred in hip-hop this week with Kendrick Lamar's uh, verse on the Control record, which was Big Sean's release, um, uh, reportedly when the song dropped and we had the song up on our, on our music blog, What We Hear, um, it, it was said that the song wasn't going to be on or, or did not make Big Sean's upcoming Hall of Fame album um, due to sample clearances. Um, but the, the, the song will not appear on the album, as reported. Um, produced by No ID, um, the song is, is just over about I think like seven minutes long, something like that, and then just set hip hop on fire. Um, obviously, of course, Funk Master Flex was the one to to first drop it. Um, Big Sean, Kendrick Lamar, Jay Electronica. Um, and there's a lot. I think there's a lot to be said, um, and there's a, a lot of different things that can be said um, that I, I think probably will be said in some form by each of us. Um, regarding regarding the song, obviously the big highlight storyline from the verse was with Kendrick Lamar. Well, from the song was Kendrick Lamar's verse. Some uh, some claims that he made, some uh, some insinuations that people either didn't agree with or just felt were pretty bold. I know I did. Um, I, I had to explain to uh, even my brother just this week. You know, with with you know everybody on Twitter and. and Anybody even affiliated, anybody affiliated with the music world had something to say about Kendrick Lamar's verse this week. And so uh, if you have a Twitter account, you saw something about Kendrick Lamar, you really couldn't ignore it. And um, in, in kind of explaining, you know, the epidemic to my brother and, and what makes, particularly the claim that he makes in his verse saying that he's the king of New York, um, the reason why people were taking that so seriously, and, and it, was, it was that and obviously the part in the verse when when homie just 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 lists people there's, there's, there's a list of his peers that he decided to list and and you know by now we should all know what he said but kind of just implying that he has full love and respect for um you know all of his peers but he also wants to destroy them and take away their following so um some really bold and strong and strong claims i i was going to explain how I explained to my brother the fact that he said he's the king of New York and homie is from Compton. I think that's what kind of created such an uproar from that part of the verse because he's a Compton rapper and he, he he's West Coast. He's, he's the new West Coast, you know, and, and Black Hippie, they're the new West Coast movement and, and they're very proud of that and they represent that. Um, and, and, you know, who knows how much time Kendrick even spends in New York. I, I would guess that not much. He's probably there for to do radio and press and shows and whatnot, but I'm guessing he doesn't spend that much time in New York. I'm not speaking from, you know, I don't know for sure, but I can definitely speculate. Um, but for him to say that, I had to explain kind of why that is such a big deal to people um, and why people have, you know, kind of just demanded that, you know, somebody respond and somebody say back, say something back. And as a result, we've gotten, you know, 
a few responses. I think it's kind of died down by now. Um, but, you know, people people have stepped out and stuff. And so, again, I think there's some stuff to be said. Um, I'll kind of kick us off with the discussion by saying that, uh, first of all, it's it's people, you know, people have said this is big for hip-hop. This was great for hip-hop. And, um, and, and I think, and I, I, I agree with that on the basis that um, just the sense of competition. And I've heard different people say it. You know, people have been doing interviews, Meek Mill, Jay-Z, Diddy, everyone has been asked about it, been talking about it. And I think it was Jay-Z, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, who, who said that, you know, everyone should want to be the best. Everyone should want to consider themselves the best and better than everyone else. Obviously, what makes the Kendrick verse so so forthright is the fact that he he lists the names. He lists the names of these guys. Drake, <laughs> Drake, you too. <laughs> you're, you're not out of here either. But uh, but he lists the guys that you know the guys that are you know obviously doing well in hip hop. The guys that are in his in his category in his you know guys that that are kind of like the new wave right now and. um I guess, you know, I know I'm saying a lot, but I, I guess my old, my kind of general point to, you know, segue to you guys, um, I, I, what I like about this and what I take away most about this is the fact that he said that, um, and, you know, we hear rappers all the time create lyrics, metaphors, talk about why they're the best. You know, that that's, that's just like kind of a common rap cliche to come up with rhymes. Like, you know, I'm number one, he's number two. That's kind of just, you know, your cliche bar. But... The way he did it made it seem like not only is he saying it, but everybody else knows too. And I'm going to say that the only person that he named on that list, Drake, and and it's another thing, like the power shift, and I I was saying this to Lawrence earlier this week, I felt like it was such a big power and momentum shift because Drake had the summer on lock up until a few days ago, up until this song dropped. I mean, he had Versace circulating he had, you know, started from the bottom is still being played, 5 a.m. in Toronto, and then, uh, you know, the Jodeci freestyle even with J. Cole. He did some stuff with Party Next Door, and then the Hold On, we, We're Going Home track, which the, the killer, which he dropped last week. Drake had it on lock. Drake was just, let, just letting stuff go. He was on fire. All of a sudden, you just see this momentum shift, and now suddenly the focus is on Kendrick Lamar. I think Drake is the only person he named in that verse that could, I'm not saying he's going to, and I definitely don't think he will, but could formulate some kind of credible response to, to, to what Kendrick said. Because at the end of the day, this is, a, this is a competitive thing. It's a competition. And I don't think any of the guys he named will do a response because I don't think that's not what it was meant for. I'm glad that other guys have been able to kind of do a response and kind of just show off why maybe they're better than what some people may give them credit for. And that's cool. I think that's, that's kind of a cool thing. But as far as the guys he named, I, I don't see this becoming any kind of rap feud, any kind of direct rivalry between Kendrick and anybody else, simply because I think it, it, it should be, at this point at least, common understanding that Kendrick Lamar is the top person doing this rap thing right now. And uh, that's kind of my idea in a nutshell. Um, what do you guys think? Reactions, thoughts? Uh, just you know, let it all out. We're letting it on the floor. We got 30, about 40 minutes left on our last show here. So, thoughts on Kendrick Lamar, gentlemen? Right, oh, so I'll go ahead. Go ahead, Tommy. 
Yeah, I mean, this is what I took from it, okay? You guys, I mean, it's well known on this show how big of a, a Wale and, and J. Cole fan that I am. And, you know, I had to take a step back and have an ob- objective opinion about the albums, just the albums that they put out. Okay, you got two very, very, very good albums, in my opinion, but albums that that are centered around a more, you know, it's an R&B, it's a more mellow-type um, feel to it as their, as their centerpiece feature song. You know, it's not, and I had to go back this week and listen to Good Kid, Mad City. There's no, there's no Martin Had a Dream. There's no Kendrick Had a Dream. You know, there's no song that really comes out and grabs you on either of those songs in that, in that strength. And what Kendrick did, calling calling those two rappers out in particular, because I have to I have to focus on just those two those those are, you know, guys that I've talked about week in and week out on the show. I almost Jermaine like Cole. Exactly. He called him by his government name. Are you kidding uh-huh. me? Whole name. I I almost I almost felt that it deserved a response from Wale and, and J. Cole within the next within the next twenty four hours. You know what I mean? It's not <laughs> I, I just what Kendrick did, I love it. It's great. He he called these guys out, and and it's like step up now, step up. Who's gonna take East Coast rap? Who who's really about this life? Because I'm coming at you guys lyrically. I'm not coming at you guys about beef. I'm coming at you guys simply about the art of rap. And and I'm challenging each and every one of you to step up. And it's it's beautiful, man. But. I kind of feel disrespected by Wale and J. Cole that they didn't even respond. Even even a Drake, man, come on. You ain't got nothing to say? You ain't got nothing to say about that? I mean, I'm just, the, the and, and um, you know, we, we, we've texted through group chat, us, us four on the, on the collective, and you can't, you can't forget about what Jay Electronica's verse, because his verse is very deep as well. But the Kendrick's verse in his, Exactly, and Kendrick's verse in itself, it, it, I, the magnitude of that verse is is, is beautiful, man. And, and Kendrick, he, if anyone has the pulse of this rap game, Kendrick just just grabbed it by the throat. He just grabbed it by the throat. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I to your, you know, I, I'll let Tommy go, but to, I'll let Lawrence go. But to your point, Tommy, I, it's like I said, I, I do feel you because it's like. You know, it's like it's like being a ball player. It's like being in anything, and you hear exactly. someone call you out, like calling out your name. Like it does typically warrant some kind of formal response. But it's like I said, if people didn't know even before that verse, as if I mean, I feel like people even knew before that. But it, it I do see what you're saying because even with people know, like you know, those guys. These other guys may not be able to admit publicly that they think Kendrick is the nicest dude doing it right now, but at some level, at, at some level, guys knew that Mike was the best while that while they were playing with him. They may have respected him, they may not have respected him, they may have liked him, they may not have liked him, but it's it's just like LeBron. You know, we just finished talking about LeBron in the first part of our show. It becomes common understanding, and then you use that word objective. If you're looking at the rap game objectively right now, no one is even coming close to executing a verse like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I said Drake is probably the only other person that could do because you no one else could shut it down with a verse like that. 
No one. And it's like you said, Kendrick has that that pulse of rap right now. Kendrick has it by the nutsack. <laughs> like, and, and, and yo, it's just beca- it's just becoming more and more evident. Lawrence, what what are you what are your thoughts? Weigh in. All right, so I I I am with Tommy in terms of. I want to hear the gods whose names he said actually respond, but I'm glad that none of them have yet. I'm glad that none of them, you know, went into the studio right away and were just like, oh, he's going to do this. Like, because it, it, yeah. it really wasn't on anything disrespectful. I feel like I saw a great deal of the actual gods you mentioned reactions, and, and most of them were just like, word, I got you, just wait. Like, like they're not going to just, like, force something out, like, all right, I need to get my shine off of this, like the Cassidy, the Bull yeah. Ransom, yeah, just Lose, make your music better, Lupe, like people that are just trying to just trying to jump on. Absolutely. Like he didn't say your he didn't say your name, so shut up. I, I I hear what people are saying about the King of New York comment, but I think that you know that a that's paying homage to Pac because Pac said that, and b that it's like. I feel, he's not necessarily saying like yo I run New York obviously, but he's saying like yo like. Like, I can go to New York and people show me love like I'm home. And he could. I mean, he's that big now. And I think that this is nothing but fantastic. Like, I am thankful that Kendrick Lamar did something like this. Uh, people talk about the verse and say it's not that good and everything like that. And, and it isn't Kendrick Lamar's best verse by any means. But at the same time, I think that what it does for hip-hop is awesome. It's gonna, it, it lights a fire under everybody. It makes this thing real competitive. It makes it... Because, I mean, realistically, the guys he mentioned are his contemporaries. Those are the guys that are all competing for who's the next king. Like, who's like, we know the guys, the Kanye's, the Wayne's, the Jays, they're all on their way out, you know. And, and there's room opening up for, you know, that next generation of guys to really reign, really reign in this rap game. And, and I mean, him, Cole, Drake. Wale, I guess. Um, sorry, Tommy, but Wale, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Wale, I guess. Um, Meek Mill, I guess. Like those guys. I, those are the guys that he really has to compete with. Jay Electronica. Those are the guys that you know are really going to be trying to put their stamp on this thing in the next few years. Big Sean, even. And I mean, let me just get this out there. If I'm Big Sean. I know why this song wasn't on Big Sean's album. Ain't nobody trying to hear nothing about no sample clearance. Like, it's 2013. You're Big Sean. You can get a sample cleared. I'm not trying to hear that. He didn't put this on his album because he didn't want to get eaten on his own album. If I was Sean, I almost wouldn't even have dropped the track. I would have made it like Kendrick featuring Sean. Yeah, why would he drop the track, though? I mean, he's still... Exactly. The song's okay. I mean, I see what you're saying, Lawrence, but, like, putting it out by itself, probably had the same... I mean, he still got eaten. I mean, regardless of if it's on his album he still or not. Got I mean, he still put it out and said, eaten. yo, I, I got a new song, y'all. And, um, and somebody yeah, Kendrick got goes on mad on it. Kendrick goes mad on it. That's what he said. I mean, he tweeted that, too. He said, I got a new song I'm dropping tonight. It may or may not feature Kendrick Lamar and Jay Electronica. Kendrick was mad on this joint, LOL. <laughs> and, like, that's all he really could say. Because, yeah, Kendrick was tight. Kendrick was tight and went in the studio and really spoke his mind and yeah I mean yo there's no knock on him I I'm 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 it's killing me the responses from certain people Lupe Fiasco please sit down <laughs> sit down 
sit down. You've never been about that. People that are your fans are your fans because of what you stood for and what you meant. What you're doing right now in terms of the reaction to this is the exact opposite of that. You need to stay off the stay off the pipe and and go somewhere, man. Like he needs a Dave Chappelle retreat to Africa and try to get his mind right because he's all messed up in the head. I don't know the government's getting to him, conspiracy theories and all that nonsense. This guy needs to this guy needs to relax. And um, all, all the other guys, realistically, I feel like I, I do like what I saw from hip hop as a whole in terms of, you know, being on social media and seeing guys respond. And I mean, I love Pusha T's uh, response. The only thing Pusha T did was tweet at Kendrick Lamar and said, I hear you loud and clear, my nigga. That, that's all that's needed. That's all that's needed. Like, yo, all right, I hear you. Drake needs to say the same thing. Like, all right, Ken- Kendrick, watch. Nothing was the same September 17th. You know, watch that. Like that's that's what a, those yeah. are the type of responses I want to see. I want to see guys really like. I mean, because everyone gonna take subliminal shots and you know get on the track and be like, "Yo, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best." Kendrick decided to really call dudes out. Like, "Yo, you, you, you. I'm better than you. I'm gonna make sure your core Drake? fans never heard of you. I'm gonna make sure you, they don't want to hear a noun a verb from you. Like none of those words. None of those words." And and I think that's tough, yo. I think it's tough. I think it's cool. I think it certainly is like it. It certainly is something that's gonna that stirred things up. I mean, obviously, it's been all over the the, the hip hop news this weekend. I think it's as fantastic for hip hop as possible. This this thing is back up and running, and and we got some guys that are really out here trying to trying to eat, trying to eat. And Kendrick Kendrick has been at the top of that field, in my opinion, and. And uh, that that solidified them. So I love it. I love it. Keep it coming. I'm I'm looking forward to see responses from the guys. I really want to see. I really want to hear Pusha respond. I want to hear Pusha not make a track to respond, but I really want to hear what he does on his album in terms of you know yeah. like having a song that's like, all right, I'm not only I'm not coming at Kendrick because this ain't no beef or whatever, but I'm a, I'm gonna let these cats know like, yo, I'm the best. I got these. I got yeah. these Coke bars down pat. Like, I got this. I got this. I, I want to hear Meek Mill come back and be like, yo, Meek Mill, I, I, he was on a radio interview. He said, yeah. He said, yeah, I'm going to make a response and tell him, you could keep that backpack. I'm in the streets. I got the streets. <laughs> yeah, I got the streets. Like, I, I want to hear that stuff. I want to I wanna hear dudes get nasty. Like, forget all this friendly Chris Paul mentality where, like, the opposing team's going to come stay at my house. Nah, son. Nah, son. Hold the hold your hold it down for your for 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 you and your team. Say you know what I'm the best. Come holler at me. Come see about it. Right. That's that's the biggest thing I feel like you take from it. Like, you know, if anything, like you said, I think you said it well. Like, you, I don't think you want, you know, you don't want like a an all out back and forth type of confrontation through lyrics. But you rather want these people to respond with better music like it's not to say like you have to you know come back at, at Kendrick and say well no you're not the king you're like you don't have to do that all you have to do is put out quality quality rap music can give people a reason to think that that you know either you're the best you're very good whatever like and J- Tommy you mentioned um you know J. Cole and, and Wale's albums and that and I my heart kind of goes out to them in particular because their albums already came out. So anything they do, like, for the rest of the year, it, it like, I mean, Wale's got, the, you know, the, the MMG compilation tape and, and, you know, 
Uh, Cole, I'm sure, will, and they'll both probably show up on features and whatnot. But, you know, their albums have passed already. So, th- you know, any kind of, like, complete response they could have is, has already passed. Like, I kind of feel bad for them. Like, Sean's got his album coming. Push has got his album coming. Meek has Dream Tracers 3 on the way. Like, you know, guys have time to kind of, you know, respond in a time where hip-hop is going to be looking for responses from the guys that Kendrick named. If Drake is well, obviously Drake, September 17th, OVO, XO, you know what I'm saying? Like, these guys these guys are going to have time to show us, okay, so, you know, what? why am I listening? You know, it's a, Kendrick, everybody knows that Kendrick called these guys out now. So now people are looking to the, and then now people are going to be looking like, okay, so what do you, what do you got? What have you got for us? Like, pr- prove, prove, you know, prove him wrong. Give us, give us a reason to to to, to listen to you and to not con- concede to just, you know, Kendrick being the the god of everything and, and just just completely like killing you other guys. Because Good Kid, Mad City as an album uh, is just a complete, a phenomenal rap album. And you know, people 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 are high and low on Born Sinner and The Gifted, and and to me. Um, like you said, Tommy, you look for those songs that kind of that kind of really pop out and 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 put on display what you know your your rapping ability. I think Cole did a decent job, and, and I give Cole all the credit in the world because everything is Cole. It's so genuine. It comes from him. The production, the 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 lyrics, the concepts, it, it's all him. And that, I think that's something we've all given him so much credit for. Um, but it's like, you know, when Power Trip is your top single and it's the song exactly. getting the most circulation, you know, it's like it's not it's not it's not something you que- you don't question his ability, but you you know, you kinda just you you're just yearning for more, I guess. Like and everyone doesn't have to be Kendrick Lamar. You don't have to be this you know, and, and, and aggressively you know, you don't have to do it like that, but the the the, the idea is to give something that is a talked about and b remembered. I mean, Kendrick put out a verse on a song that won't be on any album that was just dropped on the radio, and everybody and their mama knows about it. Everybody talks about it, whatever, because it had that kind of impact. I guess that's the word I'm looking for is impact. Um, you know, giving something that that that's both substantive and memorable. Um, I think Cole covers the you know the substantive part. Um, very well because it, his substance is, is completely rooted in his personal experiences and his journey and his struggles, and that's all good and well. Um, but it, it it's like Lawrence said, it, it, it's that time for hip hop now. Kendrick just threw a wrench in hip hop. Like, all right, you know, this is the time. Either y'all finna turn up, or I mean, I don't know. I think guys will still be successful, but like. It's just it's a really good thing for hip hop. Like it just makes it more competitive. It puts pressure on guys. That's what I've been really communicating to people about this whole thing is that it's just the pressure. It puts pressure on people to to do better, to put out better stuff. I swear, the day after the the, the song came out, Gucci dropped his mixtapes. Uh, guys came out with new songs, new features, announced album titles, like. <laughs> You know, it's like you know, people are like, "All right, man, let me, you know, let me get my thing going," because it's just, you just put that pressure on. That's why I said I felt uh, a response was was warranted from J Cole and Wale immediately because 
they already, like you said, they, they have albums that they just put out. So, you know, that, that, that fire that was lacking from their album, put it out in, in, in a freestyle response or put it out in a calculated response. You know, they... Kendrick, man, it's crazy, man. It's, it's really crazy what he just did, and I love it. Yeah, and Kendrick's another guy I wanted to say, too. Um, I was saying it, like, about Earl earlier, but Kendrick's, I think, pretty similar in that you really have to follow his train of thought. Um, and there are rappers that are very, very e- way too easy listening, um, but and there are guys that you really have to hear. Um and, and and that verse, that control verse, is completely indicative of that. You you really have to follow the wordplay. You have to follow the punctuations and the alliterations. The, he goes through a lot of uh, a whole, it's a whole train of thought, and a lot of times, and he's become infamous for going through it. And you're like, all right, is he gonna breathe? Like, did he get any chance to breathe from that segment? Because he'll go through like twelve bars without a breath. And it just goes through it, just that a bat, just quick hit, like, and, and and then it just keeps going. It's just this continuity with it. Um, that's crazy. Um, and and uh, another sidebar: the J Electronica verse cannot be looked over. If 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 you're listening to this, if you're if you, you just it cannot be looked over. It just can't. It, it kind of it almost it really saddens me that. Um, you know, people who who know about him, who may not know about him. You know, after that Kendrick verse, you're it's a lot of emotions you go through in it, and I'll, I'll I won't lie, like it causes you to not even want to listen to Jay's verse because it's it's more somber, it's turned down. You're just coming off of this crazy rant from Kendrick, and then Jay's preaching at you, but just let him preach, man. The, the dude is the is the prophet. He is the poet. He is the minister. He is the hip hop minister. He has got. Man, Jay Electronica. Jay mentioned it uh, in our "What We Hear" segment. Um, one of his one of his older songs. Um, man, Jay Electronica does something special to that as well. But obviously, Kendrick. You know, we talk about Kendrick and the and the, and the impact that that verse had on hip hop. Um, extraordinary, man. Extraordinary for for anyone who thinks that hip hop is in a is in a foul state or is di- dead or dying. Um, just just stop. Just stop. There's way too much to enjoy from it right now. There's too much to take from it. Um I know I, I know for I know for me that that's definitely true. I, I listen to so many different guys throughout the week that sound so different. Mainstream guys, underground guys. There's a lot to enjoy from hip hop right now, man. And and if you're if you're just kind of submerging yourself into one lane or, or one artist or one sound and you're selling yourself short. And, I mean, that can be said for music as a whole, but just talking about hip-hop, I mean, there's definitely a lot a lot to enjoy and a lot to look forward to. Um, so, uh, gentlemen, do you got any final thoughts? Uh, we've got to go to our last commercial for the day, um, but sound off on any final thoughts you have. We ain't even hear from Jay Reels. I think Jay had to head out. Um, okay. Jay actually hit me with the text. He has a... Um, I'm actually, um, I was just, I, I'm here still, yo. I'm still oh, in this joint, man. Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? Come hey, on, what's man. Up, baby? Yo, son, I'm, just, I'm just taking it all in today, man. I'm just listening today, man. That's all I'm doing, but. Jay just got I, the I, 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 for now. 
Yo, son, I, I I turned up last night, so I so I'm 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 recovering right now. Um, <laughs> so I, I just I've been I've been a listener um today. I've just been I've just been listening. Um, I know y'all. I knew y'all was gonna hold it down for the kids, so I ain't have to say too too much. Um, but I, I'll keep the the Kendrick talk short. I, I have been, I listened to everything y'all said, and I think everything you guys said was on point. Um. It's good for hip-hop, guys. Let's be honest. It's just good for hip-hop. I hope that the byproduct of that will be a better Wale album in the future, a better J. Cole album in the future, a better Big Crit album in the future. That's what I hope is a result of this. That 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 It's, it's good for hip-hop. Competition and, 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 and people pushing each other to, to be better. Is what we need, and 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 that's what and that's what he did. So so, if I'm a J Cole, if I'm a if I'm a Wale, I'm 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 stepping back. I'm like, all right. So so you think so you so you're gonna take my fans away? You got you gonna murder me? All right. So well here so here's so here's this, and I and I drop a banger, and that's it. And and it keeps going back and forth, and 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 everybody is getting better. Everybody needs a little push. You know, Mike needed a little push. Everybody needed a little push from somewhere. Um, and I think Kendrick just kicked everybody in the ass. So, like, what's up? Like, where, what are you guys going to do with it now? Um, so, you know, good. It, 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 it's no other thing besides great, great, great for hip-hop. Good. Wale, what's up? J. Cole, what's up? Crit, what's up? Pusha, who I think he shouldn't have said Pusha's name. I, I got to be honest. Uh, Pusha, what's up? Like it's it's just what's up now? Like literally, it's, it's like that's what he was saying. He he, it was it was it was menace to society when Ice Cube had the gun tucked. Y'all y'all know what scene I'm talking about? And he just lifted it up and showed them and said, "What's up, Cuz? What's up?" And everybody just backed up like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good." That that's how that Kendrick was flexing on him like that. Now yeah. it's time for them to be like, "All right, I got it too for you." And that's it. And that's it. So good for hip hop. Great for hip hop. Well said. Well said on all fronts. Uh, Jay, if I, if I if I got you for another few minutes, we're, we're going to commercial, but will we come back? <laughs> that Breaking Bad turn up, my G. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting real sick. Real Walter. sick. Walter. <laughs> I'm in this joint, so. Let me, all right, let me gather myself. We're going to go to commercial. We're going to talk about We're going to come back and, and, and get right into the thick of things real quick. Collective with you. Oh.
a couple of seconds. Yeah, we back. We back. Coming through for our last segment, um, our final 12 or 13 minutes here on our show. If you're just joining us, this is our final show on the Keys and Blog Talk Radio. We are moving to uh, TACD Network next week, same time, um, same show, same personnel, same topics. Um, We will be moving next Saturday, so this is our final show. This will be our final segment here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, Wrap it up for the day real quick. I want to get guys' reactions um, real quick on on the news um, the latest news regarding the Batman Superman film for 2015. Um, I've been posting on my TV and movie blog, television and television cinema.blogspot.com, um, the updates, any kind of news updates that have been coming. Zack Snyder obviously made that announcement. It's going to be a Batman Superman team up film in 2015 for the Man of Steel sequel. Um, they've also reported that they're incorporating a new Batman figure. Um, aside from the Dark Knight series that Christopher Nolan did with Christian Bale. Christian Bale has said that he is done. He's hung up his cape. He doesn't want to be Batman anymore. Um, But reports and rumors from this week, it's actually not a report. I should just say rumor because apparently the sources they're coming from have been all tabloids and and very unofficial as, uh, as of right now. But it is being rumored that apparently Warner Brothers is going to Christian Bale with a $60 million offer to reprise his role as Bruce Wayne. Um, real quick, I want to go around. Tommy, I'll start with you. Is that is that the right move? $60 million? Are you kidding me? I, I would, rumor. I would, I'd gladly wake up and, and brush my teeth and, and <laughs> clean my room every day for my parents for $60 million. But, I mean, it would be great to see him back as Batman. That's who we become comfortable with as viewers of the the reincarnation of the of the whole Batman trilogy. So I mean I it would be great for him to come back. And with this whole this whole Batman Superman movie coming about, I'm interested to see how how it all plays out because in the, the nineteen ninety one Superman annual, Batman kills Superman. So That's right. I'm very I'm very intrigued to see how it all plays out. Yeah, and the the actual the original comic um, who whose author was Frank Miller, um, the Dark Knight Returns comic series was the original joining of Batman and Superman, and it's Frank Miller is working with director Zack Snyder on the movie, and in the original story, Batman also kills Superman, so it's definitely definitely a lot to look forward to. I'm sure we'll find out more about the story. Uh, Jay, what do you think? Is, is Christian Bale? Definitely the safe pick, but is that is that the right route at this point? Uh, I think it is. I think it is. I mean, if you think about the the, I believe it was three uh, movies that uh, Batman movies that Christian Bale has been in. They've all been yeah, been tremendous. So you you would want him back for for something as epic as this. I, I think going with a new Batman right now is the bad timing for them. Um, I think after this is out, then you go find yourself a new Batman and start the new series again. Um, but I, I, I agree with that move. I think that's, I think that's mm-hmm. the way they should do it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Lawrence, the, they've they've had rumors, casting rumors coming out for the last couple of weeks about who could be the next Batman. They say that this Bruce Wayne is going to be in his late 40s, according to the original story, so kind of an older, uh, retired Bruce Wayne um, some casting rumors, uh, Josh Brolin, 
Uh, John Hamm, your boy from Mad Men, has been brought up. Um, Ryan Gosling, for whatever godforsaken reason, has been brought up. Um, so based on based on the the rumors and and you know the rumor even with Christian Bale, Lawrence, you think that's that's the right option for them? Yeah, I like Christian Bale. I I mean I I certainly did enjoy this this last Dark Knight trilogy and and he I I think he did a good job at Batman and he like Jay said he's kind of burned in my brain as Batman right now. So to see somebody right. already different playing Batman would be would be a little bit much right now. But um. I, yeah, man, I, I'm excited for it. I think it could definitely turn out to be something cool and, and something different. I, I know they, they've done this once before, like Tommy said, but I, I think this could be something that, you know, could really grab people's attention and really really make them a whole lot of money to begin with. <laughs> these When we talk about these big action superhero movies, their box office smashes almost no matter how how they're received. So I think this is going to make those guys a lot of money, and I think, I think it'll be something that, that's – Entertaining at least. It, it'll be it'll be some good action in it at least. So I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, I think he's Christian Bale. Obviously, the safest pick. Um, Batman Begins, the first of that trilogy. The first one was in 2004, um, if if I'm not mistaken. Um, so close to a decade now, we've we've uh, we've associated Christian Bale with Bruce Wayne, and it works. He's good. People like him. And and it works. And anybody new is nothing short of a gamble. You need somebody who's good enough, um, who's big enough and good enough, but someone who's kind of unknown enough to be kind of an up-and-comer that people don't recognize and associate with some other big role that they've done. So a new casting job is definitely a big challenge there. But, again, uh, we'll follow that rumor and see, you know, obviously news and updates for it are coming out by the week. So, We'll be on top of that and, and discussing that week to week. Um, as it pertains to, I have a big weekend in, in shows this weekend, guys. Uh, you guys all know I'm I'm into my shows. I've got two finales, two season finales, and I've got two shows that are in their series finales. Uh, one being Dexter, the other being Breaking Bad. Um, Breaking Bad, of which I've actually just caught up on. And, Jay, I haven't seen last week's episode yet, but once we get off the air, I'm going to be watching. I have it recorded on my TV. But I um, I watched episode eight, the last episode that aired before the the, the hiatus. Um, so, as it stands, I'm, I'm just forgetting last week's episode. I, I am caught up with the story. And um, I, I've never been more nervous watching a television show. I've never been more on edge. Um, there's a reason why Breaking Bad um, is not only acclaimed and is an Emmy-winning show, but is also the, the, the epidemic of television right now. If you're on Twitter at all on Sunday night uh, for the next few weeks, you will see Breaking Bad tweets flooding through your stream um, <laughs> because it's really it, it's gotten so sensational. Um, Jay, I am curious though. I don't know if if you've seen the most re- I don't know if you saw the most recent episode. Yeah, I saw that. Joint, man. You, you, did that, you see it? I, that show, that show on TV, cause <laughs> show on television, cause that's it. It's over with. It's over with. The best show on TV. So my son Walter White couldn't crystal in a camper. Holla at me. <laughs> 
it's 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 just gotten to a crazy point, and and I I can't wait to find out where this is going because, um, as you know, Jay, where the show left off before its return last week, um, it, it's just gotten hot and heavy. The implications are at an all time high now, and obviously with it being the series finale, we're we're getting ready. We're coming to some kind of tragic ending. You can't help but think that this is all coming to a crazy halting end for the show um and and um as a as a as a further extensive announcement to to our to our network move um i'm going to be starting my own tv dialogue on screencast starting tomorrow afternoon talking about my shows the shows that i watch uh character development story development just all the good stuff that goes with dialogue with tv shows um so you'll find me on screencast starting tomorrow afternoon talking about ray donovan dexter breaking bad and uh, True Blood as well. So um, I'm starting that up tomorrow for for our TV weekend roundup on our collective channel on Spreecast tomorrow afternoon. Um, so that get, that wraps us up for the day, gentlemen. We've got about three minutes left on here. Um, this is this is our finale. Yeah, hold it's the finale. Um, <laughs> any thank yous? We definitely want to. I'll I'll say you know I'll let other guys speak, but uh, you know I'll open it up. I mean. We want to thank the Keys, um, Blog Talk Radio. Um, it's definitely been a pleasure and an honor and a lot of fun being here every Saturday for the last uh, five or six months, um, giving you guys discussion, giving you guys um, analysis, music, um, and all kinds of stuff. It's definitely been a lot of fun on here. Um, guys, any, any, any final thoughts for the Keys and Blog Talk Radio? Uh, just a big thank you, man. Uh, this this has been uh, uh, extremely fun for us. Um, you know, I, I can, I'll just, I guess I'll speak for myself for a second, but this has been a wonderful opportunity for me. Um, and, uh, I've, I've certainly enjoyed it, and um, I just want to, you know, thank them for the opportunity um, to share our ideas. So uh, I'm just uh, very, very thankful, and uh, and I'm extending a lot of gratitude here towards uh, towards them. So thank you again. Uh, yeah, man. For me, I would just I would just say thank you as well. This this show, this platform has been more so therapeutic for myself because you know I'm a I am a geek when it comes to this sports world and you know music and it's just been a pleasure to share with y'all and I'm 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 more than grateful grateful for everyone that's listened to to my madness and I look forward to continuing this in the future. So I thank you, Keys. And um, you know, we're gonna keep it moving. So we're signing off for the last time. <laughs> The collective lives on, though. You can find us same time on a different network from here on out. Um, for our regular listeners, we'll make sure you have access to links and numbers and, you know, any way podcasts for you guys to uh, to keep up with us. You can still find us on Twitter and Instagram doing the same stuff. You can still find our show blog, thecollectiveradio.blogspot.com, our basketball and football blogs, basketball feed, scoop and score, our music blog, What We Hear, and the TV and movie blog, Television Cinema. <laughs> the collective lives on, y'all. We're going to be doing What We Hear real funky 
real funky, just from a different network. We we still giving y'all that crack. <laughs> Walter White whipping, trap god. Yeah, yo, Marley, can I give a shout out real fast? Shout out to my baby Get mother. Shout out to my baby mother, uh, Sharon Stevens. It's her birthday today. That's my baby mom. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I had a seat. That's my baby mother. It's her birthday today. I bought her a whip. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm stunting. <laughs> I'm stunting out here. So heavy, son. <laughs> so heavy. <laughs> trap God. Trap God. $50 million. Who do you think he kidnapped? Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> Chelsea Clinton? Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 